Okay. Okay. You know why you were standing behind me? I wasn't. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, good morning. We are good morning. back again for week two. Hey. <laughs> so I'm just going to give you a brief summary of our sermon last week, right? So we shared some very personal beginnings of our journey. And this is shining in there. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> so our very personal beginning, and we highlighted the differences that the cloud of witnesses God has used to make us in, um, into who we are, right? And surrounded us with. It was more subtle, but there was also, if you paid attention, trust and obey throughout that entire sermon. Randy did trust and obey God when he prayed to God after we met on our first date, right? If you remember, he said, God, this is not what I prayed for. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to do with this? Now, that is my version. <laughs> That's not what I said. <laughs> that is my version of what was happening. But fortunately, God's response was, stay the course. Many times, Randy prayed asking God, was, is she really the one that I'm supposed to be with? Is she really the answer to all my prayers and fasting? I was. Just in case you were wondering. Yep, I was the answer. Um, but Randy had to stay the course. And he had to trust and obey that God was telling him the right thing. And that he was hearing the right thing from God. Now, on the surface, I admit, I, I don't think I appeared to be the answer, if you recall. I told him twice, he needs to go date somebody else. And I didn't share, there was a third time, right before we were married, that I also shared, maybe you shouldn't be with me. Silly man, he stayed. But God knew what he was doing. Randy kept, Randy kept hearing the uh, stay the course every single time he asked God, what are we doing? And it turned out that he trusted and obeyed. We wouldn't be here if Randy hadn't asked God to clarify his directions or decided that God must have made a mistake and he didn't trust and obey the stay the course direction that God gave him. Now in my story... Trust and obey was much more subtle, right? Because for the most part, I didn't know God enough to acknowledge that he had a plan. I had to trust, um, I even had trust issues, let's say it that way. I had trust issues with God and a lot of people. And obey brought on a whole other level of rebellion. And <laughs> so I wasn't about to obey. Um, and yet, on some level, I still, if you heard my story, understood what, ne what I needed to do and what was right. You see, I accepted the second date and the third date and the fourth date, even though I kept thinking, I'm not, you're not supposed to be with me. And when I sensed I needed to go to church that second Sunday, I went. And when I felt I had to discuss that very difficult and delicate subject of being unequally yoked, I said it. I had done, and if I had done anything different, we still wouldn't be here, right? God, ha we had to follow God's directions, whether we knew it or not. And we had to trust and obey, whether we recognized it and wanted to admit it or not. So that's the summary of our story and how trust and obey was really there, even though we didn't talk about it. So there's um, a lot of Bible characters that tr portray trust and obey, right? Pretty much all of them had to mm -hmm. trust and obey. 
there are those, pretty much all of them, that didn't always trust and obey, but they're good teaching tools for us too because they um, give us the consequences. If they show us there are consequences if we don't trust and obey, and their lack of, of trusting and obeying shows us that. So the story I started one start with today, man, I am really tongue-tied. You would think Andrew would still hear. <laughs> And he's not. I had a quiet morning. Okay. The story I chose to start with today is when, Chris, I'm blaming you because you asked me if I get nervous. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. She's not nervous. I'm not really. I just, my brain is like in all other places with this sermon. Um, so anyway, and the bike. Aren't you all interested in the bike? Yeah. Yep, we'll get there. <laughs> the story I chose to start with is when Saul was blinded on the road to Damascus. So if you had been following the daily readings in scriptures that we've been following as new song, you know that in chapter, Acts chapter 7, Saul approved the stoning of Stephen, right? He thought that was a good idea. In Acts chapter 8, we find that Saul is going from church to church and house to house arresting men and women that are following Jesus Christ. And Saul's conversion is recorded in Acts chapter, one, chapter 9, verses 1 through 19. In verses 1 through 9, we find Saul that he's on his way to Damascus. He falls on the ground. He hears Jesus talking to him. And he becomes blinded. And his companions are told to take him into town. And he waits there for three days. There's been many sermons talked about this part. But you see, interestingly, in my mind, Saul trusted and obeyed. He heard that voice and he did what he was told to do. Even though he wasn't a follower, he wasn't a believer, he was killing those Christians that were following Jesus. But he still went to that town and he still stayed there. But this is the part I'm concentrating on today. In Acts 9, verses 10 through 19, it says, Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias... And he said, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying, and he has seen a vision, seen in a vision, a man named Ananias come in and lay hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And there he has authority from the chief of priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house, laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized and taking food, he was strengthened. That is such a great story of trust and obey, right? So I always in the beginning of my journey, I related to... Um, Saul, who became Paul after this, uh, because I always thought, you know, Saul was killing Christians. If God can reach him, he could reach me, and he could use me. 
as well. So I like that part of the story. But now as I've grown a little bit more, I think, man, Ananias, how hard that must have been to go and pray with this man that he knows is killing the followers of Jesus Christ. He could have been killed himself just by going there. And yet he listens and he trusts and obeys. And to me, that's kind of like our cloud of witnesses that surround us. They could have not prayed for me. They could have said, you've had such a life. You're not worth my prayers. They could have not encouraged me. But because they did, God was able to use me and help me to grow. And since we know the end of that story, can you just imagine if they hadn't obeyed? If Saul hadn't, he could have gone to any other town, told his friends to take him somewhere else. Ananias could have just said, no, God, I don't think I can do that for him because aren't there people in our lives that we think, I don't know that they're worth prayer, right? God hasn't changed them yet. They're at the end of their life. Maybe God's never going to change them. So we don't even consider that possibility. But God had a plan, and that plan was to use Paul to reach the Gentiles, to reach us. And so that gives me hope and trust and obey and how to change things, um, how to keep working um, and changing our lives through trust and obey. Mm -hmm. Trust and obey, they're two different things, right? But yet they work together in tandem. Therefore, we brought an object lesson. This is our tandem bike. Now, when we first started dating, we talked a little about bicycling and I was a, a pretty avid bicyclist and Terry, she goes, nah. <laughs> so I said, what about a tandem? And she goes, nah. <laughs> so we talked about it a little more, what a tandem was. See, a tandem, you can work together on it. You can ride together. So it's not like riding separately, but riding together. Now our tandem is custom made because as you know, Terry and I are not the same size. <laughs> and most tandems are made for people the same size. So we had this custom made for Terry and for Randy. Now the guy in, the person in front, he does all the steering, all the braking. What else does he do? Oh, he, and he gives information to the person in the second seat on what has to happen. Yes. So, as you're up here with trust, both of you have to obey, but mainly the back person has to obey, but obey blindly. It's like writing a tandem. So, what we've done is we've now looked at our tandem and we're going to apply some life lessons from our tandem. We didn't ever think when we bought the tandem, it would, we, how could you ever have life lessons or even a sermon about it? But we have. So we've got used the song, Trust and Obey, which we've already sung. And we're going to take each verse and we're going to look at each verse. And then we're going to give you a little lesson that we've learned from writing our tandem from that lesson. So the first verse oh. is... <laughs> oh. Hold on, he skipped a whole lot. There we go. <laughs> God skipped a whole lot. He did. Yes, he did. The first verse. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you would think we had never done this together before, wouldn't you? <laughs> Not quite sure what is happening, but God's got God's a plan. Got it. 
All right, first one. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all we'll trust, who will trust and obey. So the first part, verse here talks about our daily walk in life, but not just our general walk, right? It talks about our walk with God. God blesses those that are in his word, um, walking closely with him. As you learn about God through prayer and scripture, trust and obey become easier. Mm-hmm. Now I wish, here's a story for you. I wish I would have had a video the very first time Randy and I got on this bike. <laughs> oh my goodness. So the man at the bike store allowed us to ride a bike because we wanted to see what it was going to be like. And he put us on it, told Randy to get on first, and then I could get on. And then he held us like we were little kids without training wheels for the first time and ran beside us for a little bit and then let us go. And oh my goodness, we wobbled back and forth. I don't really know how we stayed upright, but we did. And then we got down to the parking lot and we had to turn around, but there were all these cars. And you may not have any idea how much it takes to turn a bike around this size. And we, you know, you need a wide, it's like, it's like the tractor trailers that say make wide turns, right? Right, Don? <laughs> make wide turns. Well, we're coming down and there's cars in this parking lot, of course. We were in Ambridge, so there's cars everywhere. And all I can see, and I can't see much because, yes, there is a... <laughs> There is a height difference, so I can't see a whole lot, but coming up and looking over him, I can see cars, and we have to turn, and all I can see us hit is hitting the back end of a car. Praise God. <laughs> we did not hit any of the cars. We stayed upright, we made the turn, and we made our way back. Um, so some of that was a miracle. Because we avoided those cars, we made the turn, we got back onto the alley, we were okay. You see, trust and obey is just like that. You have most likely had a pastor or a Christian friend tell you, you're going through a rough time, but just trust God, right? Trust God, he's got it. He's going to get you through this difficult situation. And so when we first start doing that, we feel a little shaky, just like Mm -hmm. we were on that bike. It was wobbling back and forth, and we're like, I don't know, I don't know. But as we learn more about who God is, and we watch him bring us through different situations, we can start to trust him more. And it becomes easier and easier with, you know what? There's a P word. Oh, you're going to use it? It takes practice, (laughs) and it's a process, so I gave you two. (laughs) for the price of one. (laughs) And so most of the situations God will bring us through, and the more we practice, not most of them, (laughs) good grief, God will bring us through every one of them, let's just say that. And he will make us stronger through it, and the more we do it, the more we will find that we can trust God easier. And then obey just kind of comes right behind it, because if you're trusting him, he's going to tell you what you need to do next. And then we need the next step and level is obeying. Now, everything comes with instruction books, right? And the tandem come with an instruction book. Now, I'd been a writer. Why do I need an instruction book? But you know one thing? I've always read instructions and still read instructions. And it's to a point where our grandson the other day told his dad, 
Dad, where are the instructions? We're not going to put this together. And, and he goes, where did you find that out from? He goes, Grandpa. Or now as he calls me, Gramps. So there is an instruction book. Now in this instruction book, it really lays down the law that the guy in front, the captain of this bike, is responsible for that rider and for himself. He's to tell him everything that happens. But, you know, we have the greatest book of all that tells us what our instructions are on how we are to trust and obey. And that's our Bible. Verse 2, not a burden we bear, not a sorrow we share, but our toll he doth richly repay, not a grief or a loss, not a frown or a cross, but is blessed if we trust and obey. God calls us to trust and obey during those difficult times in our lives, during situations that we encounter each and every day. But God tells us that he's going to be there with us through those difficulties if we do trust and obey. Proverbs 3, 5 tells us, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on to your own understanding. (laughs) So, bike story. We have had a few difficult times riding this tandem bike. (laughs) Just Um, a few. Just a few. Uh, We went on the MS-150, which is a 150-mile two-day ride from Cranberry Township to uh, Conneaut, Ohio is where it ends up. And... On the first 20 minutes Mm -hmm. of riding, it was pouring down rain, and then there were cars, and then a car moved us off of the road, and then there was a huge pothole, and then Randy missed it with the front. I got it in the back. (laughs) Yes. It was good he missed it in the front, because it probably would have thrown us completely off. It was just the back end, but you see how my seat just kind of floats back here? Well, it slammed down, and then it didn't feel right. And so we went to the first rest stop and had the guy look at it, and they had to tighten my seat. Um, but one of the, it, I hit so hard that the spoke actually broke um, and bent on the back end of the bike. Now, I was in pain for that entire 100 and, well, probably 45 miles. I think we only got five miles out of Cranberry mm. or so. Anyway... It wasn't very long. I was in pain the entire time. And Randy kept saying, we can stop. We can stop. And I'm like, nope, not stopping. Nope, I'm going to finish. I started, I finish. Um, Somewhat foolish. (laughs) And I realized finally after that that I had bruised my tailbone. And so um, that was my lesson. That was our story. We could have had, it could have been a whole lot worse. We made it through the 150 miles. But you see, my point here is that life is often difficult. Out of nowhere, without warning, we can be pushed off the road and into a pothole. And so we experience trouble and pain and heartache and illness and death of loved ones. Trust that Jesus will carry you through. He did get me through that, um, even though I was wiggling in the back of the seat the whole time. And Randy kept telling me to sit still, and I'm like, I can't, it hurts. Then it'd say, stop and get off. And I'm like, no, I can't. I've got to keep going. This is the struggle that he lives with. (laughs) 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 
God, <laughs> God was right there with me, and he's right there with us as we go through these situations, and we just need to trust and obey um, that that will bring untold and often unrecognized blessings in the end. Sometimes life can be easy, and you're going down the road like nothing's happening. So one day it was raining. Again. Or, again. <laughs> but, we didn't go, but we didn't go riding. We decided to wait because the afternoon was a good, supposed to be a good forecast. So the afternoon come, and it was a great forecast. So we loaded the bike onto the car, and off to North Park we went. We went, went around the lake three times, and one time around the lake's five miles. So we went around the lake three times, and it gets a little boring going around the lake. You know, I have to pay attention to a lot of walkers, a lot of people that are not paying attention to anything. So I said... Let's go a different way. So we come down to a road and we made a left turn. I asked Terry if she said that was okay. And she says, yeah, that'll be fine. So we went down the road. And as we was going down the road, here was a huge water puddle across the road. Um, So I said, Terry, is there cars coming up behind us? Because I'd always asked Terry to look behind in lieu of me looking behind. And she said, we got cars coming up behind us. We had cars coming at us. So I said, okay, Terry, we're going to go through this water puddle. And, and, you know, we were traveling nice. And all of a sudden, as we were going through this water puddle, we hit like a brick wall. I I don't know what it was, but our bike stopped dead. And we're holding on to the handlebars. Our feet are still in the pedals. And we just tipped over into the water puddle. (laughs) Now, this girl was laughing hysterically. Yes, I was. I found it extremely funny. Again, another America's Funniest Video lost. (laughs) (laughs) It was extremely funny because we were, we literally were still holding on to the bike as we were sideways. I can't even imagine what the cars coming and going were like, did you just see what I saw? (laughs) And there we were, wet on our whole left side. Our right side was dry, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we were laying in the puddle. But isn't that like our Christian life, though? Sometimes we think that we're Christian, so nothing's going to happen to us. We're going to have life just the way it's supposed to be. Not so, right? Not so. Not so. You can still run into a puddle and and get wet. (laughs) God tells us, I'm going to be with you as you go through life. I'm going to be there in those tough times, but you've got to turn to me. You've got to be in contact with me, communication with me. You've got to be reading my Bible. You've got to be trusting and obeying me. Romans 8.28, for we know that, for, for we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Verse 3. But we can never prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay, for the favor he shows, for the joy he bestows, for all those who will trust and obey. You see, God requires our total submission to him. He requires our all. Matthew twenty two thirty seven says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul 
and with all your mind. And then John 14.23 tells us this, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. What a promise, if we would just trust and obey. One of our favorite places to ride is the Montour Trail. Now, we're, we live on the other side of the, of the earth here. So we start at mile marker zero, <laughs> typically, when we've done the Montour Trail. We haven't done the Montour Trail in probably 15 years because we've done other trails, and North Park is right there by us. But we used to do the Montour Trail. And sometimes the Montour Trail wasn't finished like it is now. So we would ride, and we rode all the way to mile marker number 17, and then we turned around and went home because we hadn't had 17 miles to go back. So on the way back through, we got close to Imperial. And there's a softball field there with a parking lot. And there was lots of people. And as we was coming up to this parking lot, I told Terry, there's people, lots of people. So we slowed way down. I mean, way down. You know, it was like we were running at a snail's pace. And, and just what happened next a young child ran between two cars and stopped right there in the middle of the trail five feet in front of me and it's like what am i to do i said terry hold on and i just crammed on the brakes and told her to stop pedaling because if she was continue to pedal i would it was hard for me to stop we stopped without hitting that kid and then the parent of that child yelled at that kid we rode away, understanding that, you know, it sometimes happens. But that's where you have to surrender your all. I, Terry was in total submission with my directions for that day, and I was in total submission of what I needed to do for that bike to stop. We did have joy the rest of that ride and the rest of the day. Okay. <laughs> So turn the page. Though. I did. <laughs> as you can see, as we've discussed, there is a little height difference between us. And Randy sits much higher than I do. So I can't see anything beyond his broad shoulders and his height. But what I can see is everything that is beside me. So I have had to learn not to be looking ahead and worrying about where we're going, but enjoy where I am right now. And so I get to see all kinds of things. And um, it's hard being in the back because I have no control and I'm not, you might guess that I like to be in control, right? And so I have no control. The only thing I can do is pedal and balance. That's my, my whole job on that bike is pedal and balance. And so I can see waterfalls, and I have seen deer and rabbits and all kinds of wildlife, um, but I just no longer care too much about what's ahead because I'm trusting him. And he's proved to me, you know, just like I said, as, you, as God keeps walking us through, he's going to show us that he can be trusted. Now, Randy had to earn that trust too, and so... Um, <laughs> it took a little while, even with the falls. Um, I still trust him to have our best interest there, to stop us when we need to stop, to keep us going when we need to pedal faster. Um, he shoots directions out to me, but sometimes when there's a dog chasing me and it's right in my heels and I'm going, pedal faster, 
and he's going, I am. And I'm like, no, pedal faster. <laughs> this dog is going to get me. So sometimes we have, we have communication back and forth all the time. And he just keeps me focused. And I have learned to really enjoy where I am instead of worried so much about what's behind me, except for that dog, and, or <laughs> <laughs> what's too far ahead of me because I can't even see it. And God, we know, has the whole big picture. And he only does give us little bits because, my goodness, if he would have told me we were going to be up here ever um, and talking about a tandem bike in a sermon, I would have said, there's no way that ain't happening. Although I have, as you heard last week, learned that when I tell God, there's no way that ain't happening, over time it happens, even when I say no. So I found the beauty around me, and I trust God with everything else that is happening out there somewhere in the future. And I trust for him to put the past in the past where it belongs and not, not be using that um, against me, but to teach me and remind me where I came from, but to keep me going forward. Some things that Terry's seen, I've never seen. Even on sec different trips that we've done, I've not seen it. She goes, it's coming up. And usually there's something else happening on the road when, that, when she goes, it's coming up. Because my eyes are fixed ahead. Our eyes need to be fixed ahead on God because that's where our trust and that's where our obedience comes from. And that God will deliver us from whatever's happening around our way because He is faithful in doing that. All right, verse 4. Then in fellowship sweet we will sit at his feet or will walk by his side in the way. What he says we will do, where he sends we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. That last verse is all about calling God, following God's call on our life. God has a great plan and everyone, for each and every one of us. His plan is better than anything we can think of for um, ourselves. And we are blessed when we follow that plan. One of our MS rides was a very delightful weekend. A lot of times when you get to Conneaut, close to Conneaut, Ohio, the winds off of Lake Erie start to blow. And it, winds blowing on the tandem is probably similar to semi-tractor trailers and other big vehicles. You feel like you're being blown all the way. But that day, that morning, we had very little wind. So Terry and I decided to crank it up to see how fast we could get going. So we started going, we started passing bikes and passing more bikes. And then some of the guys decided, hey, there's a fast bike. We're going to start drafting it. So they started drafting with us. Now, when they were drafting with us, they were pretty close to Terry. <laughs> she didn't like it. But, you know, with the effective drafting, it requires everyone to, to take a turn. But nobody was wanting to take a turn because here was this gigantic tandem doing all the work. So they didn't have to. So I decided to, and told Terry, we're going to slow up and see if anybody else is going to take a turn. Nobody else took a turn. So we just slowed up a little more to let them go. A little longer, as we were coming into Conneaut, Ohio, we had a, to make a very sharp turn. And typically... Most of the turns are very wide and broad for everybody because there's usually a lot of bikes, you know, sometimes four or five wide on the road. But this one area, they were down to, 
I mean, it was just a bike, like a bike path. And as we was coming, there was loose gravel on the road. And most of the time, they kept the roads pretty clean. But here, they had just recently tarred and graveled the road. So as we started to turn, and it was a sharp turn, and we were going probably a little too fast, I could feel the bike giving away. And I said, Terry, trust me. And she goes, okay. I said, do what I do. Don't do the opposite. Because if she would do the opposite, then it wouldn't happen. So I yanked the bike this way, yanked the bike this way, and off we went. Nothing happened. I could see the policeman at that corner who was directing traffic. He's going, oh, no, we're going to have a, a, a horrific accident with this tandem. But there was no one around us, and I was able to yank that bike back and forth to get us going, get our balance back, and right on down the track. There are times in our lives that things like that happen to us. And sometimes we've got to do something drastic. Sometimes we don't. But we've got to pay attention to those around us because they can help us. And sometimes the people around us can't hurt us. And we've got to know which crowd we need to be in and who we need to be in. But that's where part of this verse comes. Because in fellowship suite, we can sit at his feet. It matters who we're sitting with under God. So just one more bike story, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) But this last one um, took a different turn. I found out that I can't ride the bike by myself from the back. I can ride the bike by myself. Randy can ride the bike by himself, and he has. It's just not as easy. But my parents have a summer place, had a summer place back then up in East Brady, and we went riding along the railroad track. But we ended up on this very bumpy dirt part of the path. And Randy said, there's cement down there. How about if we go down there? I said, sure. So, but what was in between us and the cement was the large ballast from the railroad tracks. The captain (laughs) thought that we could ride through this. So he gets us pretty firm. (laughs) He gets us out there. And all of a sudden, I see Randy over the handlebars, and then he's beside me. Well, that's weird. (laughs) I went head over heels over the handlebars. And I thought, huh, wonder why he decided to do that. (laughs) Because he made a conscious decision to jump over the bike and then leave me there by myself. And I thought, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And the bike went a little bit further. And this, this fall, I did not laugh at people. I didn't. It wasn't so funny anymore because I fell over and I slid on the ballast and I scraped my leg and my knee and we were like eight miles from home. And the only thing you can do with the bike is, well, you got ride it back, right? So we did have to get back on there. But the front tire, you see, got wedged into the ballast and it stopped abruptly and threw Randy off. And then I couldn't balance it by myself. I couldn't stop it by myself. I couldn't get off by myself because I need that front end steadied. And so there I laid in the ballast until Randy came over to rescue me, and I didn't laugh the whole way home. (laughs) It does take both of us to ride the bike effectively and efficiently. But like Terry said, I can ride it by myself. It is very difficult. So we can't have just trust by itself or we can't just have obey by itself. Because a lot of times we just obey things that's happening with, 
We've got traffic laws that we obey, but we really don't trust them, right? We just obey them, right? But trust and obey together. It works together to make an efficient Christian life. Our tandem takes two riders, trust and obey together to be effective. This reminds me of when we go through life, not allowing God to be our captain. Hmm, yeah, not allowing God to be our captain. You know, everybody's got God's my co-pilot on their license plate. I don't want God my co-pilot. I want God to be my pilot, you know? Because if he's, not, if he's not the one in control, I'm not. So we got to have God as our captain. God is that pilot in front of us. Because life is so much easier when we go through life allowing God to trust us. Allowing us to trust God. Sorry. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Now last week we shared a little bit of our story of of. Before New Song, there was New Life, and then there, before New Life, there was, was um, New Heights. And really, before New Heights, there was, it was called North Hills Church of God. But that was somewhat before Cher- Terry. But what really was a, a thing was the last thing of just trust and obey is what Abraham's story was. And Abraham, which is Genesis chapter 12 verses 1 and 4. The Lord called to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Talk about trust and obey. Abram was told by God just to leave. You know, I've read that story many times, but it wasn't until something happened at, at New Heights that said, Randy, and it was a vision. It was a vision of God to me saying, Randy, as I told Abraham, Abram at the time, to trust me and go. He goes, I want you to go. I want you to leave. Now, we put up a lot of, at the time, we put up a lot of arguments I'd been going there for over 20 years. It was Terry's home church, right? Yes, it was. So as I shared last week, that's where I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. That's where I was baptized. That's where I married Randy. There was a lot of history there. My daughter was baptized through there. And after 11 years, you know, you settle in and you kind of get a rhythm and you'd like... You love the people and you love where you're going and what's happening. But eight months after we got a uh, new pastor, it became very clear that it was time to go um, and that God was telling us it was time to leave. And what he said was, I want you to just leave. I'll tell you where to go mm-hmm. once you leave here. And that, that was, was difficult. very difficult. Um, you know, I'm admitted control person. I like to know where I'm going every Sunday. And those first Sundays were brutal because we went to different churches. There was no home church. And what I found was that without people looking for me, I think I could very easily slip right back into my old life. Very easily. And so um, I'm like, we, we've got to find a place 
because I need people looking for me. I need people to know that I'm not here. Um, and I need that connection. And we went to New Life, uh, which by the way, this weekend they're celebrating 20 years and we are very proud that we, and blessed and thankful that we were part of those 20 years um, because they really changed our life also. But when we left, we didn't know. We just trusted. We said, okay, God, we're going to do what you want us to do. And we landed there. And it didn't take very long. My comment was, I fit in these pews. We can come here. <laughs> she could touch the floor. I could touch the floor and sit there. But the truth was, we found people that loved us. Mm -hmm. and people that were happy to see us, and they looked for us every Sunday, and that made a huge difference because I could have easily sat at home. That wasn't part of God's plan. And then through the pandemic, and somehow, you know, God worked through the pandemic, and we were kind of on our own and not really connecting, and yet we were connecting with all of you through Facebook, and some of you had sent me friend requests, and we connected through the living living communities, learning communities, and God connected us here with New Song, and we really felt God say, I need you, I want you to go with them. There's something you need to learn there, and you can bring something to them in return. And so we continue to trust and obey, and here we are, as long as God allows us. Now, I'll tell you that we didn't think we would be at New Song for very long, or New Life. New See? Long. The, the, the news that got her. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> um, and we ended up being there for eight years. We thought we'd be there for a year or two till our ordination was finalized. And <laughs> we ended up there for eight years. God had to tell us to go because we weren't ready. And he did. And he did. Um, and so we went ahead and it brought us here. And so here we are and we're trusting and obeying. Um, and so I have mentioned, I'm going to finalize with this that God has a plan, and it's a good plan, and our plan, our part is to trust and obey, which, yes, is my Jeremiah 29, 11 that I didn't want to say last week, but I'm throwing it in this week because I've said it throughout the whole thing. If you paid attention, God's got a plan. It's a good plan. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope, and that is why we trust and obey because God's got a plan, and it's always good. When it looks bad, remember it's going to be good. Because remember the scripture that we read? God will work all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And there's the plan. And God's got it. And if we trust and obey, then we can make our way through life somewhat unscathed. So you're telling me if we trust and obey, there's no other way to be happy in Jesus? <laughs> Yes, Is that what you're telling that's me? what I'm telling you, but to trust and obey. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Let's bow in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time that we've had together. Father, help us to take trust and obey one step further. Help us to remember through the tandem that they do go together. Father, we thank you for all that you do. We ask you to, work, to bless us this day. In your son's name, amen. Amen. Okay.